You gotta understand. We can't stay out there. You know what it's like. Yeah, I do. But the farm is too crowded as is. I'm sorry. You'll have to keep looking. Keep looking? What do you suggest we do that? I don't know. I hear Nebraska's nice. <laughs> Nebraska. This guy. Hey Zed Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Karen. This is the Walking Dead cast episode 55. And we're back on track. It's uh, another episode <laughs> has premiered. It's the first episode made entirely under the leadership of Glenn Mazzara. Finally, we're back after that. It seemed like a long time, a big hiatus. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to be back. Nice to be back and recording um, again. Totally. And, uh, and it's good to be, to have the show back on. Yeah. So we'll give you, this episode, we'll give you our top five highlights of this episode that just was on last night. We'll give you some news about the walking dead. We'll read some of your thoughts and feedback, and then we'll preview what's coming up next week. So let's start out with our Deadcast top five. Attention shoppers, Deadcast top five in five, four, three, two. Okay, it's our top five highlights of season two, episode eight, Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. yeah and before we start, I just th- I wanted to point out in a lot of ways, I think this episode is a turning point in the season for different reasons, like because it's Glenn Mazar's first. Yep. Because Sophia's finally, that plot line is kind of over. Yeah. You know, and it's been yeah. the major focus of the season so far. So it's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, what did you think? I loved it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I thought that it started out very typical mm-hmm. for the show, which is good. But I, you know, the a lot of the complaints about the show are that it. Uh, well, this is actually my number five. Shall I just get started? Yeah, do it. Okay, man. my number five is that it hits a lot of the same notes over and over again. The show does, and um, that's one of the complaints about the show, and. And I do wonder, like, it seems like maybe the storytelling potential might be limited in the apocalypse because everything's gone. (laughs) So you just have this insular group of characters and then the same beats keep coming up again, like that Carol's upset about Sophia. That was the first thing we saw in this episode, her crying. Herschel wants everyone off the farm. Get off my farm. We know that already. Right. Shane is mad at Rick and everyone else for wasting time looking for Sophia Mm -hmm. and, and putting the group in danger by letting the walkers stay in the barn. You know, he, that, that was an argument with Rick early in this episode and we've seen that already. Um, Shane and Dale mad at each other. Yes, exactly. So all these points that, that keep getting hit, but then, um, I felt like um, there was kind of a shift, especially w- w- as soon as they got to the bar. And hopefully, I mean, Glenn early on in the episode said to Maggie, maybe in some weird way, this is for the best. At least now we can move on. And I was like, yeah, totally. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and I think he was maybe speaking for to the fans there. <laughs> Um, Move on, people. And so it was a little like with Carol, it was a little different because in her reaction, I I liked the scene where she where she was sort of saying, "Okay, Sophia died a a long time ago. She wasn't crying herself to sleep every night. She she didn't go hungry. It was almost like she was a little relieved. Yeah. And um, it was it was also I liked that scene because it was sad and a lot of the Sophia stuff has supposed to have been sad, but I, it didn't really have that emotional weight. Like we didn't care as much as we were supposed to, or at least I didn't. 
But in this scene, I actually did feel sad for her for some reason. I'm not sure why, but when she started saying, oh, oh, she wasn't out there, you know, yeah. crying herself to sleep every night. It's sad. It is. Yeah. And I'm, it's I'm good honest. that it worked. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so She's anyway. a good actress. That's my number five. My number five is uh, Andrea keeps proving herself to be a badass. And she is one of my my favorite moments. In fact, it's this was a very zombie light episode, and she has uh, one of the few zombie kills of the of the entire mm-hmm. show. Um, I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> she has that the the um, what do you call that? The shovel? Is it a sickle or uh, some kind of thing like scythe? that? Yeah, let's call it a scythe. Yeah. She, yes, she uh, she comes in and puts a scythe right through the the Zed skull. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I watched it a couple times. I'm like, oh, look at her, look at her go. She's new and improved. Um, it's funny. Um, on the the Talking Dead, I watched the Talking Dead mm-hmm. uh, afterwards, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But they had a poll. They put a poll up, and they said um, the poll was, "Who would you want to uh, lead you in the zombie apocalypse?" And they had all you know four basic dudes, you know Rick, Shane, I think Herschel, and maybe Glenn. Glenn yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Come on, Andrea, <laughs> I kind of want her." Um, you know that I, I love the scene where um, they're they're burying the dead uh, the the zombies and uh, an arm falls off the pickup truck and uh, yes. she's very uh, nonchalant about it. She it gets the truck to stop. She hops off. She grabs the arm, tosses it back on the heap, jumps <laughs> jumps back onto the pile of wasted zombies and continues. That's great. When I saw that scene, I thought at first, oh, that's a little silly. But then I realized um, it was a bit of a comic relief thing, I think. But it was also, yes, to point out that they're getting used to this whole thing. Yes. Like it wasn't that big of a deal to her. Actually, that's my number four here. Andrea stopping to pick up the severed arm. And I I, um, (laughs) that's convenient. I did had a little clip of that just so you can kind of hear how nonchalant her reaction is. Here it is. Got the arm, tossed on the pile. And I and I also liked how lifelike the arm looked. Yeah, it's it great, wasn't great. it? I, I wonder how they did that. Thank you, props department. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so that's your number that's four. My number four. Yeah. My number four is um, I was intrigued by the scene of uh, Carol stumbling out, <laughs> shambling out of the woods, mm-hmm. and she's all kind of cut up and beat up, and Shane takes care of her. And he kind of carefully washes her arms and her hands. And it, I'm thinking that he's he's surreptitiously looking for cuts and maybe even bites. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, think that would, scene would have been better if Andrea would have shot her in the ear as she, right when she came out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would have improved it. She's too good of a shot, though. She would have, she would have gotten At a headshot. Um, mm. Yeah, but it's funny. Um Somebody else pointed out that even though he uh, Shane is taking care of Carol, at this point he's kind of so far gone that Shane is only talking about himself. He is, and yeah, and he looks kind of um, wounded to me. She's wounded, but he's like, I, I think the fact that Sophia was in the barn made shook him up, you know? And that he couldn't do anything about it. It was Rick ultimately so. who... who um, it fixed that. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, he was so adamant that this was what needed to happen. And right. even later he says to Dale that he, you know, he's bragging about being the one to do that, but he seems, um, kind of almost ashamed or something. And I guess it's because Sophia was there. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm, you know what I'm getting, uh, honestly, I'm getting kind of done with the whole Shane way versus Rick way mm-hmm. theme. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> well, I, I think it's, uh, it has potential for more depth and, and we'll get into that a little bit later on one of my um, top fives, but, uh, that's your number four. Yes. Okay. My number three, <clears throat> my number three, two and one all have to do with the last scene, the bar scene. Interesting. Number three is just the fact that they introduced two characters, two interesting characters, 
and they had a great scene with them and they made us think that these were going to be regulars at least for a little while and then they just killed them yeah, <laughs> in this episode yeah, and yeah. it was it was it was almost a shame because especially um the dave guy the main guy do you remember do you know who he is yeah. do you did you recognize him I, I thought it was him, and then I looked it up to make sure. And by him, we mean uh, Rene um, from uh, True Blood. From True Blood, the villain. But yeah. I thought he was even better in this, because in True Blood, he just seemed like a purely evil guy. And in this, he was a little more gray area, to me anyway. Yeah. Michael Raymond James is the actor's name, oh, by the way. Oh, he's so good. <clears throat> he was I very good. I mean, even more what made it a shame is I thought he was the best one in that scene. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, he'd be great on this show. I like and it. then he's Bring gone. <laughs> yeah. But like I always say, I love when they're, they're brave enough to do that. To yes. me, doing something like that means this is such a good show that we can afford to throw away this great actor. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Mm. I mean, I'm sure that's everybody was thinking, well, they, they take, they do go to the trouble to get somebody of his caliber. Obviously, they're going to keep him around. Mm-hmm. Not at all what they did. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Um, I, I, yeah, I just love also just that it was misdirection. I like when they can fool us like that and surprise us. I love that it was a saloon scene and it ended in a quick draw. <laughs> it was you totally know? the Wild West, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was the Wild West, which is what it's kind of come down to. And I have a feeling that even though, you know, some people, I mean, it was a welcome to have some new people come into the scene because we're kind of tired of just seeing the same people all the time. But they said they have friends and I'm guessing they really did have friends and that they're going to come into it soon. Yeah. Yeah. So. Did you did you see the previews? I think I did. And I think that's why I think that. <laughs> yeah. My number three is um, is I keep loving the cinematography. Um, I uh didn't look on who was the cinematographer for this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm, I wish I had, but I, I gotta say, they, it's so it's so well shot. Um, there, in particular, there was an overhead shot as they were burying Sophia. Mm-hmm. There was an overhead shot, and then it showed, okay, they're done burying, and everybody goes their separate ways. And it's you know, this person goes up here, this mm-hmm. person goes over there, over there, or down there. Um, and it was um, just fantastic. I, I absolutely love that. Um, it's yeah, why it was I like, like oh, okay, we're all depressed and we're just going to go ponder this <laughs> on yeah, our own for a while. Exactly. People are not are not feeling connected <laughs> uh, at this point. Everybody's feeling um, sort of um, isolated and, and probably afraid. I, I hope that changes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. My number two favorite thing is the just the progression of the bar scene i i thought this was one of the best scenes in the series so far um i loved how when the guys came in the door there was kind of a moment of oh who's that so there was immediate tension but then they started to cut it by being nice you know glenn was particularly like oh very nice to meet you guys and kind of casual you know yeah and they were having this chit chat but then um well I actually wrote like here are the moments that amp up the tension first thing was we see dave's gun yeah on his hip right and rick notices and he says he got it from a cop which is sort of like, well, how did you do that? You know, and oh, he like, was dead the cop already. was dead and yeah. was like, really? Well, do we trust this guy? We don't know him. Right. But maybe he's right. And then um, Dave starts asking questions about where Rick and his crew are based and kind of hinting around not so subtly that he wants to join them. And just the fact that Rick didn't tell him made it more tension. Like, OK, there's a disconnect here, but they're not talking directly about it, you know. And so that that really, as soon as that started happening, I'm like, I'm, I was totally focused on the scene. Right. And then Dave, even though Rick didn't bite, didn't answer, Dave kept on pressing him for more information. Right. And then right. he kind of figured out somehow that they were on the farm. Right. So then the, the third thing was that just totally ramped up the tension from there was when Tony, he, the fat guy, uh-huh. he kind of got tired of it and just pissed in the corner. Yeah. And that was like, okay. Now we know this guy isn't the greatest guy. He's disrespecting yes. the area. He's kind of marking his territory. Yep. He's all, do you got any coups there? Because I ain't had a piece of ass in weeks. And yeah, you're wondering, that's so well, charming. If that's true, how did you get that? Because you obviously don't respect women. And yeah, <laughs> it's like, right. what's going on? And then um, Rick says flat out he won't 
take them to the farm and then the fat guy tony he's he says this is bullshit i'll shoot all three of you assholes in the head and take your damn farm and um then the very last thing is when dave goes behind the bar and sets his gun on the bar and tony cocks his shotgun and then when rick says that dave should go to nebraska that's when Dave goes for his gun. Right. <laughs> but all of that was, um, there was a lot of subtext, you know? I mean, if there's one thing sometimes that I fault with this show, it's people make these speeches saying exactly what's on their mind. Yeah. And this was a, a good scene f- where things were going on under the boiling under the surface. Right. You know, right. I love, I, to me, that's good TV. Yeah. When they do that. Yeah. And, and in a way, I mean, of course, Rick couldn't invite them to Herschel's farm. There's no way. Herschel's already told them yes. they have to leave. He, he couldn't have done it. Mm. But in another way, you know, private property is not such a thing uh, after the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And so they have this farm. Is it, Would it really be such a big deal if more people came? Um, would right. that be awful? I mean, well, the, it, it, you could go kind of either way. You can definitely see Dave's point of view, too. He's been out there. Yes. And, and, and he like, said, my people are hurting. Yes, he mm-hmm. did. He said, you know, we're going from uh what was he had a he had a great quote. We're going from uh one um rats, I can't find my my great quote. <laughs> but he just said we gotta look out for our people too and he seemed really sincere. And to me it brings up the same kind of thing um that was going on between Shane and Herschel. Herschel saying, uh, you know, I don't think I want you people here and Shane is like um, you know, well, he's ready to take the farm by force. Right. And, um, I, we're actually going on to my number one here, Let's but do it. okay. Go my on number one. one is just the moral ramifications of this whole scene. Um, okay. Back when I was going back and forth with people about Shane, whether he w- it was good to have him in the group or not. Mm-hmm. And evil Jason was writing to us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote, Quote, I'm sorry, but the law of the land has changed. Right. If you have a safe place and refuse to share it with me, you're basically sentencing me to death. Right. Therefore, I'm going to take your safe place. The old ways are dead. You fight, you do what it takes to survive, and you live one more day. If anything threatens you and yours, you take it out. So this is exactly what this guy Dave was doing. He was trying to reason with them. And as soon as Rick said, no, you're not coming, then according to Evil Jason... Uh, Dave had every right to try and kill Rick there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it, when the scene, when you, you know, at first glance, the scene, you think Rick is the good guy because he's the protagonist and we know him and we followed him. Right. But from another perspective, um, he's the bad guy because he's uh, sentencing this guy, Dave, and his group to death. Yeah. Also, he shoots him. I mean, wh- are we completely convinced that Dave is going to shoot? He, he, yes. drew his, he drew his gun. I am. You, I, you don't think he just was going to, he was going to point his gun and say, look, no. <laughs> you take me there. You think he's going to shoot? Yes, because he went for it really quickly yeah. and there was no reason for him to do that unless he was going to try to get the one up on him. Right. And I think, I, I'm not so sure it was the right thing for Rick to say, absolutely not. You can't come to the farm. But I'm, in my opinion, it was right once Dave went for his gun like that. Right. That Rick killed him and his buddy too. Right. Yeah. And I, and that was, I mean, even given all the moral ambiguity and how I'm saying from a different perspective, there's one, you know, you can debate who's the good guy. I was glad to see Rick do something like that. Be a badass. Well, <laughs> you know? also, I mean, it was, it was shocking. My, my jaw dropped. Yes, I'm, me too. I, Whoa. I know. <laughs> and, and the weird thing is I'm used to seeing zombies get killed. But it's really shocking to see humans. There aren't a lot of humans left. Mm. There aren't a lot of non-infected people. These two guys make up probably a significant portion of the existing population that's, that's you know, alive. And he shot him. And he mm. just, you know, just bam, bam. And the look on his face, it was heartbreaking. And on Herschel's and on Glenn's, they're, they, oh, God, their faces were fantastic. Mm. This is my actually my number one, too. Um, and it's, you know, just there it is. Uh, Rick's uh, also indicative of his humanity just slipping away. Yeah, you know, I think he's, so too. He's yeah, slipping further down the rabbit hole. He is. 
But but I really um, think that he didn't have much choice in this case. I think this is going to push him farther down. Right. He's a cop. But too. the only I mean, that's other a cop thing, reaction. yeah, if he hadn't done that, I, I really think he'd just be dead. I think you're probably yeah. right. But I think you're right. I th- he did the right thing. Okay, I'm not so sure. Like, I really think this guy, the uh, I think his name is Tony, the fat guy. Fat Tony. Yeah, I think he was just a, a hothead and and probably kind of a bad guy, right? Yeah. He, but Dave, I'm not so sure. Um, and it, it did seem like what really pushed Dave over the edge was when Rick made the comment about them going to Nebraska. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're going to disrespect me. I'll just kill you. So yeah. that's not so nice. But to me, that's just a little bit further down the road from where Shane is. Right. Right. You know? Right. Shane's head in that direction he where sure he'd kill somebody is. just for that. Yep. <laughs> By the way, um, what did you think about? I mean, there's a couple of interesting things that he said. One was um, uh, before before uh, uh, Rick uh, popped him. Mm-hmm. He said, um, "Worst the effect of the whole country is in really bad shape." Yeah, what do we I was going to ask that? you about that too. Um, and do you believe? Do we believe that Fort Benning's gone and all that? He seemed to think that was the case, right? Well, he could just be a total sociopathic liar, but um, but I um, I think that it's probably true what he said. I think everything he said was true, actually. Right? Why would he lie? Yeah. Uh, well, and he even went so far as to say we've all had to do things that we're not proud of or whatever it was. You know, right. none of you us are clean here. You know what it's like out yeah. there. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I, my sense is that everything he said was was true. <clears throat> I have another note, like a couple notes. Um, Wait, let me just look through my notes really quick. Do you mind on this on this point? Because I wrote a whole bunch down here. Sure. And I want to make sure that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's it. Just that I, I, I'm i not sure Rick and Herschel had enough information to flatly deny these two and Slim their group. Slim Tony. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I said all that. Okay. <laughs> One of our listeners said, um, it's Slim Tony. You know, you're absolutely right. It's not Fat Tony, it's Slim Tony. No, I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah, actually, that's, right. that's the character's name it was like Slim Tony or yeah, something like that. Well, the guy awesome. said uh, Slim over there. That's a joke. But, right. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. how can, how can I got a bunch guy, of notes too. Go ahead. How can a fat guy be so? Uh, Did you get all yours? By the way, did you do your number two? No, but oh. I was gonna. I was gonna sneak it oh, in. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Uh, and and let's just call it. Um, let's just call it a note at all this right. point because it's really gonna sound uh, minor compared to the bar scene, which was huge, huge. Um, the interesting thing they're setting up with um, the character of Beth uh, upstairs in the bedroom in a quote unquote catatonic mm-hmm. state. Um, I looked at her and I was like, oh, she's been bit. Oh. Yeah. She's been bit. Interesting. So who knows? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't had much to do so far. So in, uh, in, in uh, the walk, uh, the talking dead um, that comes on afterwards, mm-hmm. um, Dave Navarro was on it from um, Nirvana. Yeah. And of course. And he says, uh, "No, no, he, but he's not from Nirvana. Jane's Addiction. Sorry, Jane's Addiction. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so he he said, great, we get to see someone sick in bed for another couple episodes. I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and by the but way. that's a good, yeah, I hope you're right. By the way, I have to say, that, okay, so I don't know if any of our listeners saw the, um, the Talking Dead last night. Um, I watched it uh, actually really early this morning and uh, it was really interesting. They had uh, Glenn Mazzara on it and um, uh, Dave Navarro and I'll try to keep those names straight. <laughs> um, but Dave Navarro basically uh, just was unrelentingly negative. Uh, I don't know what uh, what uh, other people thought but I thought... Dissing on the show. Huh? Oh, he said there's just not enough zombies. Not enough zombies. Not enough zombies. Uh, when are you going to bring in the zombies? Huh. He said that this was going to be a balls to the wall season uh, right. too. And what did Glenn Zara say to that? Like, oh, wait, just wait. There's oh, okay. Be, just wait. Be yeah. patient. Because I, I think, yeah, starting with this bar scene, because they have been saying that. Yeah. And, it, and since it was live, um, there was uh, Chris, um, what's his name? Hardwick. Chris Hardwick going, uh, uh, but you know, <laughs> there are positive things about it too. Yeah. It was pretty, um, pretty funny. I don't know. Because Glenn Mazzara, he asked everybody to ask him questions on Twitter after the show. Yeah. And they did. And I think he said on there that he was okay with Dave Navarro, but I'm not sure. That's good. Because yeah. Dave Navarro really did rip him a new one. By the way, <laughs> did you, did you think there were, how do you feel about the, uh, the number of zombies? Oh, I thought it was just fine because um, 
you need on this show. One of the things I love about it is they punctuate the really exciting action points by they they uh, vary the dynamics of the show so that right. the exciting points seem more impactful. Right. You know, because if it was all zombies all the time, it would be more like a video game or yeah, something. They have to have a bounce. So the last episode had the whole barn scene. Right. So if they had another scene just like that in this episode and another one next episode, it would I wouldn't like it. So yeah. I thought it was fine. Plus that, like I said, this last scene had no zombies in it and it was one of my favorite of the whole series. Couldn't agree with you more. So I, I thought it was fine. But you know what? It's funny. I watched it with my brother and David and um, both of them were like, this is ridiculous. Um, especially my brother who uh, is uh, quite opinionated. He said it would be like if you watched Sopranos and there were no gangsters and it was just Carmela and Artie Bucco and Dr. Melfi. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like the Real Housewives of New Jersey. But they I don't mean- <laughs> They don't, They don't. don't um, kill somebody in in every episode of The Sopranos. No, they There's don't. not violence in every episode. They don't. It's, it's Sometimes all... they go and have the gabagoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, David said they must have blown the entire budget on... Um, AMC must have blown the entire budget on uh, Gus Fring's face um, flying off. <laughs> <laughs> they did have Lori uh, run over that one zombie. And yeah. I... That's my zombie kill of the week. Just Is because it? it's something new, you Aww. know? <laughs> But then she she seemed to flip the car on a pile of leaves. Yeah, a nice soft pile of leaves. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been stupid if she died. That would have been really stupid. <laughs> um, okay, do you want to say more notes or should we? Um, yeah. Uh, Here, I'll say a note. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, Dale says to Lori, I'm telling you, I knew guys like Shane and sooner or later he's going to kill somebody else, which I wonder if that's foreshadowing. Oh. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, I really liked when Carl said about Rick shooting Sophia. He did the right thing shooting her like that. I would have done it too. Yeah. He's getting dark. Yeah, he is. Little he is. Little Carl. Uh, he's such a good actor. He is good. Um, I liked when Maggie couldn't <laughs> accept that. I mean, not Maggie, that Glenn couldn't accept that Maggie really loves him when he was in the car with Rick, you know? He's like, she said she loved me, but it can't be true. And Rick's like, dude, come on. You're a good guy. I mean, a guy like Glenn, I, he, who's obviously a stand-up guy and totally worthy of love, but I could totally believe that he wouldn't get that right away. Absolutely. But uh, here's here's the thing to consider, um, uh, Glenn. Uh, it's the zombie apocalypse. Just enjoy <laughs> yeah time. but i mean he's trying not to overthink it yeah I, yeah he's been so badass though that i think if maggie had a chance to be around him in any situation there's a chance she might go for him there's, but either way he's adorable and that's all i'm gonna at, say at, at this point you he needs to about, um stop doing that though and s- step up at some point and accept that he's got a babe yes um and it's interesting to me that um, Stephen Yun and uh, the and Maggie, what's her name? Um, oh God, Lauren. Lauren Cohan. On their Twitters, they're like tweeting back and forth. I miss you and all this. I'm like, hmm, <gasps> what's going on there? <laughs> I want to believe that they're a couple. <laughs> that would be Stephen great. Yun spoke of his girlfriend when he was on the show before. So. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really happy that when. That Herschel said, uh, when I saw Shane shoot so-and-so in the chest and she kept on going, I realized I've been a fool. Yeah. It's like, good. I'm glad he, you had that realization. He acknowledged that, yeah, these weren't just sick people waiting to get better. They were just not going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yep. I noted that T-Dog was the first to offer to start digging graves to bury the dead. And he's also later helping Shane throw a bunch of corpses in a pile. So I'd say in this episode, he's his lazy factor was was non-existent. <laughs> Plus, didn't he go after um, um, uh, old lady, um, old lady green? I mean, when she rose up uh, to he be... went to get her. Yeah. Was he effectual at all? No. no Andrea. Andrea. Had to do it. Yeah. He, <laughs> but he, I mean, he tried. He tries. He does try. It's very pressure. <laughs> and also this show has a lot of grave digging. I've noted, and I bet we'll see more of that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, grave digging. Well, last thing, um, Glenn Mazar talked about, uh, specifying or speechifying and, um, <laughs> he, he's, that's, I'm going to read from an interview of his later, 
where he's saying that him and Darabont had a similar, had the same vision. Right. You know, he wasn't trying to take the show away, but if there's one thing, there's a couple things that he does want to change now that he's in charge. And one of them is that he, he wants there to be more, well, from what I, took from it is more subtext and less speechifying. And I think there was less speechifying in this episode, although Rick did make a big speech to her Herschel about how they need to have hope for the people back home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, Hey, that needs to be said. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? That's it. Okay. There is a listener top five. Uh, let's take turns reading. The okay. numbers. Okay, this is from Sadie. She says, "Wow, Nebraska was a pretty kick-ass episode. Thought I would share my top five. Number five: Maggie sticking up for her family by hitting Shane. She is brave, scrappy, and really growing on me. And cute as Bugs ear. There you Let's go. Face it. Uh, number four: uh, Lori being turned down by Daryl when she wanted him to go into town, even though it was a dick move on uh, Daryl's part. It was nice to see Lori realize that everyone is not there to do her bidding." Look out for yourself for a change, Laurie. Although, admittedly, it didn't seem to work out well for her in the end. Yeah. yeah God, and, what a dumbass. And man. she's going to keep... I mean, she's not going to have a miscarriage, is she? Who knows? You'd think she would. There's one freaking thing on the road that you shouldn't hit. <laughs> but it's right in the middle. One thing! At least. Yeah, long, long stretch of, of straight, yeah. flat. Just just look up from your map, girlfriend. Watch for zombies. Zombie crossing. <laughs> right. How hard is it? And then after you hit it and you and you keep going straight, don't suddenly veer to the right and flip your car over on a pile of leaves. Okay. If <laughs> if they make new signs and things, then will the, the don't walk sign say shamble, shamble, shamble? Uh-huh. Okay. You know, you have a sign right down your street that has um, people walking across and it says, it says um, walkers on it. I think we said that in another episode. It's probably. <laughs> I, I pass it every time I come here and I love it. I'm so happy. Episode. Yeah, okay. well, too bad. Number, number three. <laughs> you get what you get. The tender, <laughs> we hit the same notes over and over again. The, the tender scene between Shane and Carol when he is washing her arms by the water pump. It's not often that we get to see Shane's soft side and it's nice to know that it still exists. I think it was probably refreshing for Shane as well. He's checking for bites, girlfriend. <laughs> Sorry, Sadie. Number two, the early scene between Herschel and Rick in the bar. I never realized how similar Rick and Herschel are but uh, they're both just trying to do their best to be strong and look out for their people but they are both falling mi- failing miserably and trying not to fall apart over it yeah yeah and they the both burden are, of leadership and they're trying to protect their families they're real family men mm-hmm. I think you're right yeah they, they had a little bonding moment there they did Number one, everything about the scene where Rick shoots the F out of those two <laughs> douchebags. that You have a way with words. Uh, that entire scene was beautifully executed. I agree. At first, it seemed almost friendly, but you could feel the tension as soon as the subject of the farm came up. It made me see Herschel in a very different light because if, if we've been following the plight of these other two guys, we would hate Rick and be rooting for them to take over the farm. Talk about an instant transition. For the last several episodes, it has been Rick's people and Herschel's people. At the moment these new guys started talking about the farm, the two groups became one and Rick stepped up to take charge. Yeah, and yeah, I, bet, I noticed that too. And Herschel won't forget that. You don't think? Yeah, maybe I don't not. Think, huh? I think he'll Because he didn't like try to step in and, and say, hey, it's my farm. I should. He just let Rick do yeah, it. Yeah, Rick's the cop. <clears throat> He's mm-hmm. in charge. <laughs> All right, that's it for Deadcast Top 5. Sweet. All right, let's move. Oh, we didn't rate it. What would you rate it? I would rate it four out of five brains. I would also rate it four out of five gax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to some news about The Walking Dead. <clears throat> Last night's episode broke the show's previous viewing records with 8.1 million viewers. Really? And when you factor in the encore performance, 10.1. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's good. It's getting more and more popular. Wow, I'm surprised because they had such a long hiatus. I'm, I guess everybody knew they were coming back. They did advertise the heck out of them coming back. I think it's going to be better now that Frank is gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Glenn is because he's into the gritty stuff. And yeah, I just think it's going to be better. I've been I, I've been impressed by everything I've heard that he said. Me so, too. Yeah, I'm totally. looking forward to next week. The cover for the next issue of the Walking Dead comic excuse me, <laughs> shows a guy with a crossbow. Oh, yeah. Check so that out. Draw your own conclusions as to what that could mean. Crossbow, eh? But no crossbow wielders have been in the comic yet. So 
it seems like Daryl might make his first appearance. <gasps> oh, right. Because Kirkman has said he's going write to da- write Daryl into the comic. Did he really? Yeah, a while back, yeah. But I was like waiting for it, and now finally. <laughs> Is that one of the things you said on the show that I completely forgot? Yeah, <laughs> but it was a while back. Um, okay, this is a sad one. Original Walking Dead artist Tony Moore, you know the art you mm-hmm. like so much, is suing Robert Kirkman. Aww. Moore says he was duped into assigning his interest in the material over to Kirkman, and that he has received very little compensation and has not been able to see profit statements from the walking dead and other properties they worked on together, which was a stipulation of the contract. He says that he was supposed to be able to see all that. Oh, Kirkman says the lost suit is stupid or ridiculous. And that Tony Moore has been receiving all the due ro- all the royalties he's due over the years, but he didn't say anything about whether he'd shown him any of the statements or anything like that. Um, those two guys met in high school and they decided to make comics for fun and then they turned it into a business and they did started walking dead. And I think they maybe had some kind of an argument and that's why Tony quit the walking dead and why they brought on Charlie Adler. Oh yeah. my God. That's so sad. It is sad. I, and I've had a little bit of uh, contact with Tony Moore because of this podcast and mm-hmm. he was just a really sweet guy. So I don't know. So is Charlie Adler and, and, and Kirkman, and Kirkman Robert too. Kirkman. They're all good. Yeah. Work it out, people. <laughs> yeah, hope they work it out. Um yeah, and sometimes these things end up working out a lot better than than you think. So hopefully they it this is one of those. Because <laughs> it always works out well when you see your friend. Well, sometimes I've noticed like there's a huge conflict and then when they end up working it out, they end up being better than Aww. before. I don't know. I guess I'm just hoping that will happen. Sweet optimist. If you have an iPad, you can now get back issues of The Walking Dead in the Apple iBook store. Oh, cool. On there, um, they have the trade the trade books, which cover, I think, six issues each of the comic, and they're ten bucks each. How do they look on an iPad? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. They're about the right size. You can even go on there. Every book on the iBook store, you can just get a sample if you want. So it's the first few pages. Yeah. And just see how you, you know, whether you like reading it on there or not. And if you do, you can buy the whole thing. Sweet. Yeah. AMC has been producing a bunch of different cool interactive experiences for The Walking Dead. Yeah. There's this... um, zombie gallery magazine where greg nicotero explains it shows a different zombie and then he tells how he created it and what he was thinking and stuff like that oh cool. cool i haven't seen that that's a new one yeah i just saw that today nice. there's this dead reckoning adventure game which we've both played we both played it looks like an animated comic book yeah and uh it was fun i yeah, thought it was fun absolutely yeah. you get to pick choices uh options yeah. for what you want to do you're shane and it's before you hook back up with Rick. And so there's zombie mayhem going on and you have to decide what you want to do. And Go I got killed several times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> playing it. exactly. Um, it's like a choose your own adventure thing. Then there's this uh, left behind Facebook app that inserts you into a like this creepy Walking Dead short film using photos and information from your profile. <gasps> <gasps> wow. <laughs> Didn't you try that where no. it, it turns on your camera and it sees your you no. put your face in there. No, <laughs> did you do it? It's pretty cool, yeah. And all of these are pretty short, so... Um, I'm going to do that. Yeah, they're just a little That's fun. on their Facebook? Yeah, and I'll put links up for all three of these on our website, walkingdeadcast.com. So if you want to check them out, you can find it there. Come to our website. In the show notes. Uh, we got an email from Greg Nicotero about this these limited edition zombie posters that... Um, are now available. They have art showing three different zombies from season two: the well zombie, the RV zombie, the skinny RV yeah, zombie, and yeah. this other bearded zombie. Um, I think that was the one that was chas- chasing Rick through the forest. And they're all signed by the artist Danny Miller and Greg Nicotero, and uh, they're limited edition. So I'll put a link for that up on our site. Are too. they fundraisers? No, I don't know why. I don't know. That's interesting. And he he wrote it to us? He sent it to you? I think he sent it out to a bunch of people. Not just me or you. I think he sent it to you and me. Because he likes us. Here, buy this. He likes us. (laughs) Yeah. Um, In an interview on TVEquals.com, they ask Irony Singleton, who plays T-Dog, T-Dog is somewhat of an unknown quantity in the sense that we don't know his backstory. Will that change in the coming episodes? He says, if he stays alive, then you can count on that. (laughs) (laughs) Stay alive, so we T-Dog. don't know. 
in an interview on amctv.com, they ask Andrew Lincoln, who's Rick, do you know what Dr. Jenner said to Rick at the end of season one? And did Noah Emmerich actually say that to you in your ear? He says, yes, he did. They say, have people tried to pressure you into telling them? He says, my wife doesn't even know, man. I take my job seriously. <laughs> do you I think they've dropped that or they're going to come back to they it? They're absolutely going to come back to that. I hope so, because we have a smart pen to give away. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, this one's just a tad bit spoilery, but not too bad. So if you hate spoilers, um, I hope you don't go away because there's a bunch of good stuff after this, but <laughs> just a little bit. Yes. So around. regarding the cause of the zombie outbreak. So, okay, I'll tell you what the spoiler is going to be. Um, Glenn Mazar is going to tell you whether or not they know the cause of the zombie outbreak. That's all. He's not going to tell you what the cause is. Just going to tell you whether or not they know. That's not very spoilery. So he says, internally, we don't know where the zombie outbreak started, how to cure it or anything like that. <laughs> we haven't really discussed it. We're more interested in the continuing storylines. This show is about our characters and about them trying to stay alive, hold on to their humanity, find a safe place hopefully rebuild civilization. Um, blah, blah, blah. And even if they did have those answers, what would they do with them? So that's kind of what I suspected. You know, we can go on and on about the science of why the yeah, zombies and right. what the frontal lobe and all that. But I really think that the writers don't care about that too much. No, they really don't. And no. by the way, can I just it's about the drama? Can I just say that's the least spoiler spoilery? You, I don't think you're as sensitive ever, to spoilers as I've some people are. They're basically saying we don't know. Right. So let's say there's a guy. There are tons <laughs> of people who've speculated. When are they going to say what it is? Oh. Right. And now we've told them they're not. <laughs> no, you know what? That's not even saying that they're not. That's just saying that right now they don't know. They don't know. But they Maybe might they, they pull might. something out of their ass at some they point. Might. Yeah. <laughs> they might. You're it's right. It's not very spoilery. It's a little. Is that how you say it? Yep. Good luck. Spoilerish. Uh, okay. Next, awesome article in New York Mag interview interviewing showrunner Glenn Mazzara. It's super revealing, and I liked it so much that I'm gonna read almost all of it. But God, I don't know if I should read this whole thing. There's just a lot of good stuff in there. It's Is not there? your usual puff piece. Yeah. He says, "Here, I'm just gonna read a few excerpts." says, I came over to The Walking Dead and we were having a great time and then things imploded here. <laughs> Last week on a panel, I described my career. I'm the guy in the hurt locker. I get sent in the suit to try to defuse things. <laughs> and they mm-hmm. ask, but now six months after Darabont left with the first All Mazera ap- episode about to air, can you say you have your own vision for the show? He says, I do. I see it as a horror show and that just means to me that it needs to be incredibly suspenseful. That suspense could come from interpersonal drama or it could come from the zombie scare of the week. I've really been trying and you'll see in these next six episodes, but even in the mid-season finale, which was the final script that Frank did not touch, I've been trying to amp up the intensity of the show to make it feel less safe, more dangerous, more in your face, taking away any good options for the characters. Um, so that's something that he wants to bring to the show. Push people into the emotional. Yeah. I well, like that. Job well done with, with the first mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, I agree. They say, what do you think of the specific criticisms that the first season was badly written and implausible while the second was just plain boring? He says, F you. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> He says, uh, number one, this is the first show I'm working on that anyone really watches or pays attention to. And I've been doing these since 1998. And two, there's a high level of expectations. If we do a zombie attack in a particular episode, some people criticize us. Well, it's the zombie of the week. If we don't do a zombie of the week, people say, there's no zombies. It's a bullshit show. So in the mid-season premiere, there's only two sort of throwaway zombies. The next few episodes are very zombie heavy. But that's what fits with the story. It didn't feel plausible in that first episode right. after the zombie massacre inside the barn that yeah. there would be a massacre an hour later. Right. I'd say that's very plausible in the zombie apocalypse, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever. He says, I feel that the show has been a little insular, a little incestuous, and it's been a very small cast of characters on just a farm that appears to be very safe. I want to widen it. All of a sudden, the outside world starts encroaching on our farm. Hell yeah. You saw that in the barn or the bar. <laughs> it's not true. It's only one letter different. <laughs> um, he says, it's not true that Frank had a particular vision of the show that was rejected by AMC. And then I was brought in to create a demonstrably different vision of the show. That's not accurate. They say any other inaccuracies you'd like to clear up. He says there was no budgetary crisis on the show. That's not accurate. Right. 
he says, I've been nickel and dimed by studios before. They have not nickel and dimed this show. So this is interesting because he's directly contradicting yes, what Frank Darabont yeah, said. Yeah, I read this too. He says, they have put money into making this show the best possible show. I don't want to talk about why Frank left, but he's lying. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's his business or why he was asked to leave or whatever you want to say. But the idea that there was a budgetary crisis that was AMC's fault is completely inaccurate. Uh, let's see. I might have to edit some of this cause I don't want to read all of it. Um, uh, is it true that there was a botched episode at the heart of this, the season opener? Cause they said there was footage that they were thinking they couldn't use. And that was one reason why they were arguing with Frank. Really? Yeah. Huh. He says it was not coming together in a way that we intended. Some of the storytelling, the pieces, the arcs. Unfortunately, sometimes you write things and you have to make adjustments if that makes sense. That's true on any show. I won't say if that was issues with Frank, but then it says wink, wink. <laughs> but I'll just say that it was a path that I need. No, it doesn't really say that. I'll just say it was a path that I needed to address when I came in and some of the solutions were not readily apparent. You did start making changes to the second season scripts, right? Things you disagree with Darabont about. He says, there was never any conflict between Frank and me. I want to be very clear. We had a great relationship. But one of the changes that I added after he left was when in the episode before the mid-season finale, Lori admits her affair to Rick. That was something Frank didn't want to do. He wanted that to come out another way. I felt that her back was against the wall during that confession. It's very underwritten, by the way. She just says, Shane and I. And he just nods and he says, the world went to shit and you thought I was dead, right? And in that right, he's asking, was I a failure? Was this affair about our marriage or was it simply the zombie apocalypse? And when she looks at him and she just says, yeah, she's stunned by his emotional honesty and his vulnerability. Um, so, yeah, and he says, I wanted to write to the acting between the words, not necessarily about the words. And I loved that scene. Yes, me too. Yeah. And I was so glad to hear him say yeah. that. And then I, I immediately in this bar scene was thinking it's the same kind of thing. And yeah. it's making me feel, that's one reason why I feel mm -hmm. so much better about where the show's headed now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's just nice and spare. There's not a lot of gobbledygook. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see. So you agree with the critics who complain that the show is moving too slowly? Without a doubt, knowing the behind-the-scenes work, I'm happy about that criticism. What has been surprising about it, though, is that we're on a network that has Mad Men, Breaking Bad, The Killing. These are pretty slow, so I'm surprised that we're getting branded as a slow show, especially since we do have <laughs> zombies and aerials. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot more to that. Um, go to just Google um, Glenn Mazzara, New York com or something. And if you want to read more, because it's a great interview. It was really good. Mm -hmm. Almost done. Um, he asked people, Glenn Mazzara, to tweet him questions after the show. Right. He's just getting into Twitter. So I, I got a few. Uh, they say uh, one person asked, the show differs in a lot of ways from the comic book. Will we start to see more of a merge story wise? He says, yes, by the end of the finale. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, brother versus brother fight. Who would you think would win, Daryl or Merle? <laughs> he says, Merle only has one hand. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been replaced by a machine gun. <laughs> a robot. Um, <laughs> an axe. <laughs> How far along is Lori supposed to be approximately? She isn't sure, but we think about six to eight weeks, I think. <clears throat> She's a skinny girl. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that still makes it ambiguous. I guess so. Whether it's a Rick's or Shane's. Or Glint. Or Glint. <laughs> That's a new theory. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> that would be totally lame, but I'd still love it. <laughs> uh, if all the people in my neighborhood became zombies, I wouldn't hesitate to put them down hard. I have to wait till then, though, right? He says, yes. <clears throat> no. <laughs> no, why? What? I notice a lot of characters getting zombie blood on them. Wouldn't blood exposure be a concern? He says, yeah, we should watch that. Bloodborne pathogens, people. We've talked about that. Bodily fluids. He's like, yeah, we should really watch that. But Glove whatever. up. I, I'm looking forward to next week's episode. And he says, it's so completely different from any other episode. Hope you like it. Excellent. Yay. All right. Trigger happy. Trigger and finger. Finally, on a sad note, Bill Hinsman. Aww. who played the first zombie we see in Night of the Living Dead in the cemetery scene, has died. He was 75. He died of cancer. 
Um, he after he was a cameraman on Night of the Living Dead, and Romero pulled him in to, to play that part. And then after that, he was a he worked on a bunch of other horror movies. Yeah. Ended up directing some and stuff. Last weekend, he died. Yeah, last weekend he had a nice long life, and I, I guess he had um, all kinds of happy uh, notoriety because of that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it really affected his life. Yeah. Rest in peace. All right. That's it. We'll take a break. There's more to come. Stay with us. And it's time for listener moans, groans, and grunts. So we got a few emails and a call. First email is from Patrick. Hey, Jason and Karen. I would have to disagree with you on your Alcatraz review. It combines the best of cop procedurals, which are good in their way, and mystery style shows. The first episode was weak, but is getting stronger as the show goes on. I can't wait to uncover what Alan Rickman... Oh, Alan Rickman. I love him. And the warden are all about. Yeah, Alan Rickman, um, love him. He's been in a bunch of Jane Austen movies. But he's not in Alcatraz. It says, I can't wait to uncover what Alan Rickman and the warden are all about. What do you mean he's not in? Evidently he is, according to Patrick. Jason, don't let your irrational anger at the way Lost ended cloud your judgment about the show, dude. Angry, (laughs) irrational man. Okay, I won't. Let's move on. Um, oh, by the way, I watched The River. Did you? No. It's the show that is um, produced by Oren Pelly, who did Paranormal Activity. Oh, was it good? Um, it's it's fun. It's very B-movie. It's yeah. got a lot of Paranormal Activity-ish new, to it. Oh, I like Probably that. the most you could have and still be on ABC. You <laughs> really? Know? It's creepy, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, the characters are kind of not that well-drawn and... The writing isn't the best, but there, it has its moments for sure. I'd, I'd give it a shot if I were you. Yeah. And see if you like it. Network TV. I think it's on Hulu. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. But uh, overall, I would I, I don't think I liked it enough to think that I'm going to really get into it because I only want to watch shows that I totally love. Are you gonna, so much good TV out there. Are you going to keep watching mm. Alcatraz now that no way, Patrick has no. called you a douchebag? Patrick did not call me a douchebag. <laughs> you called Patrick a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Love you, Patrick. Thanks for writing. <laughs> this is from Chris. Looking like from Rick's actions that everyone might be infected at some point. The first death that happened not by zombies was the two in the bar, as I remember. And Rick shot the big guy in the head when he was already dead. I think this is quite telling of the theory that everyone is carrying the infection. A walker can kill, but anyone who dies is still infected and will become a zombie. I think you might have a point there if that is what jenner told rick then he would surely make sure by shooting him in the head again on the other hand oh. maybe he's just doing that to be safe because he doesn't know that's interesting you know because of course anyone would wonder that or or what he could say um when uh the if if there are friends that are going to come looking for these two guys what he could say is hey i thought they were walkers and i popped him in the head yeah or he could have just been like, I really hate that guy. And then shot him once in the face. <laughs> I like my theory um, better. I think, no, I, I like Chris's theory. I think you're right that he knows that. And that's why he did it. I think he he popped him in the head so that in case friends came, he could just say, hey, there's zombies. I thought they were dead. I don't think people think that far ahead. I don't think so either. <laughs> we like what you say, Chris. Uh, this next one comes from Evan. Thankfully, The Walking Dead has returned. That was one long hiatus. I don't know if it's an attempt to depict a level of stress, loss, or pain, and maybe it's an accurate portrayal how such stress would affect people living in this hell on earth. But I keep thinking the behavior of some characters is just odd. I guess it's grief, and I'm not sure what I think they should do, but something in the dialogue and mannerisms just seems contrived. I don't know what you're talking about there. It would help. If you had given an example, because I nothing readily comes to mind that seemed odd or contrived. Does it to you? I don't know. And since there's never been a zombie apocalypse, none of us can actually say. <laughs> but like, you know, if there's something act. really bad 
like in war or whatever some you know some of it but um i think most of it is beautifully written and um and well done my personal opinion but maybe if you had a certain example then we might yes. go, oh yeah you're right right back in with something more concrete evan <laughs> was the arm falling off the corpse c minus <laughs> was the arm falling off the corpse an attempt to uh, comedy uh, comic relief it's such a little uh, it was seemed a little goofy and maybe it was meant to ease the tension yeah probably we talked about that we liked yeah. it i like the actor michael raymond james he was the guy who jumped behind the bar and ended up getting shot by rick i'm okay uh with the sh- with the shoot but was a little bummed because uh michael raymond james uh has been a pretty solid actor in a few things um and i thought he might have been a nice addition to the group <laughs> that was a short-lived thought oh well it was a good episode to get the ball rolling but i'm ready for herschel to see the light sounds like he actually has um and buckle up for the rest of them uh to shit or get off the pot they have all fractured mentally uh but for the survival sake uh there is strength in numbers and they need to get it together easier said than done i guess from evan thanks evan dgb what does dgb mean don't get bit ah um okay so i don't know what he means by for the rest of them to shit or get off the pot I think it just means that Herschel has to say, okay, now, please stay. Oh. That's, that's, yeah, my, okay. that's my take on it. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe he will. Um, but it looks like they're going to not have much time to think. No, no not at all. <laughs> uh, okay, here's a tweet from Mr. Blog. He, he just said, can't wait for this week's episode. It's also Mrs. Blog's birthday. Happy Aww. birthday, sweetheart. I got you the Walking Dead season 2.5. <laughs> <laughs> so that was yesterday, but happy happy birthday, Mrs. Blog. Happy birthday, Mrs. Blog. That's great. Mr. Blog, you do something sweet for her. <laughs> and then uh, last time or the time before that, this guy Jeff from L.A. called. He said he hadn't seen any good zombie movies or he wanted us to recommend some for him. And we said Dawn of the Dead, the um, remake. Uh, yeah, and we also said Shaun of the Dead and, Zom- of the Dead, and Zombieland. The main one that we said was Dawn of the Dead, of the, the Dead. remake. So he went and watched it, and here's what he thought. Hey, guys, this is Seth from Los Angeles calling you back. I really appreciate that, um, well, that you played my, my message and also uh, the suggestions. I really enjoyed the movie. It was really fun. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the better ones, that's for sure. 28 Days, of course, um, Dawn of the Dead, 28 Weeks. You know, some of those, those are all great. Those are all great. And this one was really great, too. I, I watched right before that. The original wasn't quite as fun. Um, of course, I do love the slower zombies. These guys were a little quicker. I did, I did like the twitchers, though. <laughs> that was fun. Um, you know, the music was really great. The opening song with Johnny Cash in the mall when they, when they first got into the mall and they were playing the music version of Don't Worry, Be Happy. Um, they got out of the elevator and they were playing a music version of All By Myself. And I think that was Dick Cheese, if I'm not mistaken. All that stuff's on my iPod, so that was really fun to hear. And uh, I love the fact that the uh, the guy's like, what the F do you do? And he says, well, I sell televisions at Best Buy. And, you know, Glenn was a pizza delivery man, so he ever noticed that these guys are like the best in the jam? You know what I mean? Yeah. The other thing was they, they did run too fast, but their, you know, their sounds, they weren't zombie-ish. They were more like pigs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but I loved it. And also, I also uh, took your other suggestion. I went to the golf course as a zombie. I saw a ball there. Uh, I took out a wedge, and I, I went to hit the ball. But, you know, my back swing was pretty high, and my arm flew off, which let go of the pitching wedge, lodged into my head. Um, my hand and arm fell down by the ball, which never got off the key, and I spent the rest of my zombie days just wandering around the golf course going, and that was pretty much the end of that. Um, But good times, good times. Anyways, I I can't wait to hear your next podcast because I'm all caught up. What am I going to do now? Oh, man, I've been listening to everything you guys suggested so far. I've been loving it. All right, guys, keep up the good work. Like I said, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the next one. Bye. He listened to all our episodes. He did? Yeah, in like a month or something. Jeff. I challenge you to do that. <laughs> you know what I'm listening to now? 
What? All of the Breaking Bad uh, cast. Oh, episodes. you are? Really? Yeah, you and Lissy. Because now what do you, I, you have to tell me what you think. I just uh, saw the end of season four of Breaking Bad. And so now I'm totally going through every single one of your episodes. Oh, it's y- so fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And what do you think I think? I'm going through all your know. episodes, man. And by the way, Jeff, thank you. And I have another suggestion for you. It just uh, occurred to me. Um, Annie. I- <laughs> Brilliant 80s movie. <laughs> Fido. Oh, Fido, right. British uh, Zomcom. Daddy Warbucks is where it's at. <laughs> the Lord for Nanny. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to next week on The Walking Dead. All right, next week the episode is called Trigger Finger. And the little description that they give is this. Trapped, Rick, Herschel, and Glenn fight to survive against new foes, both dead and alive. Shane finds Lori in danger on the road and makes it his mission to bring her back to the farm. Makes it his mission to bring her back to the farm. Who writes this? <laughs> this is uh, uh, I will make it my mission. <laughs> or he just brings her back to the he farm. He decides to bring her back to the farm. Fine. To try to bring he her brings back her, her back to the farm. But we don't know if he's successful. <laughs> That's his, his mission. It's my mission. Yeah. It's directed by Billy Gerhardt. It's my mission to make a million dollars. It's written mm. by David Leslie Johnson. And um, and according to Glenn Mazzara, should be a kick-ass episode. He would say that, though. Yeah, he would. We'll just it see, sounds good. We'll just see about that. Yeah, so I watched the preview. It looked, I won't say you know everything about it, but it looked action-packed. He says the next few episodes are zombie-heavy, so I'm looking forward to it. And real person-heavy. Uh, mm-hmm. Real annoyed person-heavy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shall All right. Shall we close it out? Let's do it, man. Okay, that's our show, episode 55. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week at the same time, Monday, 5 p.m. Pacific, and you can join us live at walkingdeadcast.com slash live. Please join us. In the meantime, if you'd like to give us a call, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at walkingdeadcast.com. You can check out our website and leave comments at walkingdeadcast.com. We're also on Twitter at Jason and Karen and on Facebook at facebook.com slash deadcast. All right. That is really our show. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get bit. bit. Don't get bit. And push play. Don't get bit. <laughs> <laughs> Old McDonald, huh?